Happy Monday, friends. Chris Manning and Evan Jamal here from the Lockdown Cavs podcast. Your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs had a busy weekend. You already heard me perhaps on Saturday, my episode of Kevin Sinkowitz, front of the show, um, about Cavs Wolves and, and things. And the Cavs followed up by having a dominant first half against the Kings and then holding on for dear life at the end of that game. We'll talk about the Kings game in detail, talk about the latest on Colin Sexton trade stuff, and perhaps a little bit of Jaron Allen as a potential player on a future USA basketball team. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we want to thank you for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. <laughs> You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evan, happy Sunday evening as we're recording. Happy Monday to listeners out there. How are you, buddy? Did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. Also, happy birthday to recording artist and queen Taylor Swift as this episode comes out. So, Swifties, if you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Get us over to 1,000. Ashley Bastock, the best beat reporter for the Cavs at Cleveland.com. Hey, get, 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 get your army on us. Also, it's uh, Pick a Pathologist Pal Day, National Horse Day, and National Cocoa Day. So, uh, rare, rare, rare for T-Swift to be around. But oh, I'm good, man. I had the weekend off i went down to columbus to check out the zoo lights went to a very nice restaurant slash distillery did a little more christmas shopping um my bank account's hurting but the holidays are almost here how are you you have that that unlimited cyber that money to buy like nine cyber trucks you know what i mean well i try to stay modest stay humble as you can see like this is the recording studio apartment like not a studio apartment it's a recording studio that i use as an apartment for when i want to do the show um I have a monorail like right down the hall that I ride over to my bedroom every night at the uh, Evan Comp the, the the Finnegan Complex. So it's uh, I don't know, man. It's you good. Know, just how's your weekend? Good episode with Kevin, by the way. That's, I enjoyed it. I can't believe you made your super another listen to Lockdown Cavs in the car. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, she slept, so I was just like, well. Okay, so because the boring drive from it's, Columbus it's, it's to Cleveland tough. is like mind-numbingly boring, so I, honestly, I needed something to take. fill time. A good reason to make the to move the charge from Canton to Cleveland is like it saves the players when they have to come up to Independence for practice or team stuff or like go down to the city. It's just like saving them that that not fun mm-hmm. drive up seventy-seven. Just saying, no one likes driving on the highway. You can take Route Eight. Route Eight's got some pretty views. Yeah, but like if you just like aren't from the area, you throw on Google Maps. Like you're going up 77, and that's not great. Anyway, Cavs Kings on Saturday was a hoot and a half. It was nuts in the first half. Uh, Cavs just kind of came out through everything they Mm -hmm. had in Sacramento, and then kind of had to hold on for dear life a little bit down the stretch. Um, In this one. Uh, Okoro had 20 points and 7 of 19 shooting. Allen had 19 points and 11 boards. Mobley had 15 and 15, which is just obscene. Darius Garland had 16 and 7 of 17 shooting to go with 6 assists. Or excuse me, to go with 13 assists and 3 steals versus 5 turnovers. Kevin Love had 11 off the bench. Osmond had 18 off the bench. Rubio had 15 off the bench and hit a, a couple threes late in the fourth when the Cavs just desperately needed some offense. 
Dean Wade had zero off the bench. Just include him on the stat okay. sheet. You did that, not me. Anyway, the Cavs, Evan, get to 16 and 12 with this one. I, I guess my my big takeaway here is that like yeah. the Cavs look like a team that absolutely like, unloaded every bit of energy they had in the first half, right? Came out, everything blazing, everything going, and then like we're like, oh, we won this game, and then like had to like realize that they didn't have it quite sewn up when the Kings came out and like punched back to to start the second half. I think they carried a lot of that momentum that they had in Minneapolis the night before, too, because they kicked the teeth into the Timberwolves as well. That was a very dominant effort on Cleveland's part, TBQH. I mean, like, they more they, they lost in terms of scoring by four points to Minnesota in the second half, but really just pushed it in to them really quickly and, like, made Carl Anthony Towns just question his career choices at that point, too. But, you know, a 7 from 3 for Cats really rough as well. But I feel like they carried a lot of that momentum from that game to the second half, at least in the first half against Sacramento. They tie a franchise record for most points scored in the first half. I believe it was 80, uh, 81 points overall. Darius Garland had a career high in assists. Like, yeah, this Cavs team just really exerted all their effort, the maximum effort they had in general. And just really an, an impressive game overall for Cleveland. Like, they're beating bad teams like they're beating the teams they should be beating and they aren't like really get letting down against like they're not playing down to their opponents and they're they're winning impressively like they chicago was a team that was playing not a lot of their key players the game they should have won minnesota's not a very good team especially with d'angelo russell out the kings aren't a very good team like these are three quality wins for cleveland improving that like hey they're not a part of this like bottom feeders group. Maybe they're not quite yet a contender. I mean, they are a Colin Sexton away from being a contender, but they're right there. They're right there in the middle, and they're trending upwards, yeah, which like, is really encouraging. The Cavs to see. again won a game that they could have blown. Um, and look, the first half was just one of like the craziest bits of stuff that I've seen them do offensively. I mean, like they were in full control of that game. I mean, Darius Garland was like getting kind of was manipulating defenses in a way where he was like pausing on his on as he came into lane off a screen and then would place a lob properly. Like everything just kind of cruised. I mean like they won the first quarter by thirteen and the second quarter by sixteen and it was like, oh, this is the second game in a row where it feels like we know the outcome. Um sort of late and like i i would guess evan that if we're looking at the like the if if there's like a big takeaway from this if you're jb bicker staff and the, and the coaching staff i would sort of guess that you're like look guys we understand you're feeling great right now you're playing really well you're doing all that you're doing really stuff but you could like see him just getting progressively like annoyed as the game went on on the sidelines of just being like like that the intensity was just like gone and i think if like you're if you're darius in the situation if you're if you're evan if you're you know maybe to a less degree Jarrett, but like kind of really like more than anyone probably garland and and, and mobley understanding that like yes like there are some nights where like you are going to be able to take your foot off the gas and just kind of cruise a little bit there are nights where you're going to have you it is also just like better for you as a team if you can just sustain enough to not put yourself in that situation and like actually wrap these things up when, uh-huh. it, when you have your foot like down on the other team and you're and you're look like you're about to like cruise by them and, and and chop them up and get away with a w yeah no and i guess credit where credit's due to jb that i read in the varden piece that we'll talk about later that the players appreciated him getting the tech and kind of killing that momentum there. But JB was frustrated throughout this game because like the Cavs took their foot off the gas. And I think playing it back to back in such high intensity for a full game against Minnesota, then in that first half against Sacramento, 
it's really hard to come out and keep sustaining that. And I today having today off was really beneficial for the Cavs because I'm interested to see how they play Miami on Monday night, which we will yeah we will hopefully we will. talk about a little bit in this show. But we'll see. Okay, so just it, yeah, I think this is like JD. You could clearly tell is frustrated because the Cavs are just starting to like lose a lot of that energy and momentum they had. But it's also understandable why they did because they're playing the second of a back to back and they really kicked Minnesota's teeth and like I said and then the first half against Sacramento as well and it's also really impressive the fact that the Cavs pretty much have led for the majority of that Bulls game and they led the entire Minnesota game and they led the entire Kings game like that's a pretty impressive streak in its own right so I wonder if hopefully the energy doesn't pitter off like it did in the first half and it just kind of continues to trend Um, upward so some tricky some tricky tricky stuff though let's get into the heat game in the second segment Evan I have a fun stat uh, about where the Cavs are at right now, if they can win that Heat game, um, and we'll see where that where that goes. But uh, let's take a break. After the break, we'll get into Cavs Heat. We'll talk a little bit more um, if there's anything else from these games we in we get in before we turn our attention to Colin Sexton. But first, we have some ad reads and, and Evan. Uh, you're going to tell everyone about our friends at Directv. I do. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've still got your ex-girlfriend's login for Netflix. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Evan. I'm going to tell you a couple things about this heat thing. First, uh, injury-wise for Miami, Jimmy Butler not traveling with the team uh, due to that tailbone injury, and Bam Adebayo um, is obviously out, and they won't have Caleb Martin because he's in the health and safety protocols and, and Victor Oladipo. And, uh, so this isn't going to, again, not be the full-strength Heat team that the Cavs just beat in Miami. Here's the other thing. This is from uh, Matt Lowell, who mm-hmm. runs a really great trivia thing uh, in the Greater Cleveland called Three Roads Trivia that you should go check out if you're, like, in the, in the, on the, particularly if you're a west side or in the Lakewood area. Matt's a good dude. He, he texted me this uh, first thing this morning, and he's just the king of these kind of obscure stats. So, if the Cavs beat the Heat tomorrow night, if they beat them on Monday, so if you're listening to this, it's mm-hmm. it's today. If the Today. Taylor Swift's birthday. Blessed if be. the Cavs beat the Heat, it will be the first time the franchise has been more than five, been five games or more over 500 without a certain LeBron James. Since December 23rd of 2000. Okay? Hmm. That's bizarre. It's 21 that, years. That's Less crazy. than that, 20 years because... What? That just tells mm-hmm. you... We've said this a lot. We've talked about this a lot. You and I have talked about this, like, not on the show a lot. The Cavs of the... The Cavs the, history the goes last hand 20 in hand years, with And specifically, like, a lot of the Dan Gilbert era... The success has been LeBron James. The success has been derived from a kid, the kid from Akron, right? This is the this isn't like the same level of success as like them making the finals, beating the Warriors, all that stuff. Like, not going there, obviously. But to at least get to a point where like you can be like a little bit over five hundred, 
at a certain level without that guy in your roster for the first time since like I was like seven years old is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, like also to put in perspective, the Cavs have never made the playoffs under Dan Gilbert's ownership without LeBron on the roster. So it's either futility or LeBron just happens to be drafted here or feels a little nostalgic slash wants to kind of prove a point that he can win a title without the heat. So who knows? But at the same time, that that is a wild stat to think about. And if you guys are looking for something to chat about at the water cooler, whether virtually or in office with the mask on, if you're not vaxxed, uh, that, that's that's a fun one to share. And also, again, folks, the Cavs are fun, too, and tickets are still yeah. dirt cheap, so get on that while you can. Maybe it's like maybe as, as um, some in the organization are NFT slash NFT enthusiasts, buy low on the tickets. Maybe like wait a couple months, and then you can recoup your value like closer to like All-Star or something, like really like sell high. Get some okay. diamond hands, if you know what I'm saying. Let's let's uh let's 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 turn Cavs tickets into GameStop stock. Let's let's do it. That was not an ad read, but you came close there, buddy. I appreciate you. Here here's some of the names from this 2000 2001 Cavs mm-hmm. roster: Chucky Brown, Bimbo Coles, Michael Hawkins, Zdrzyn Slogowskis, Jim Jackson, Brevin Knight, Trajan Langdon, Chris Mim, Andre Miller, Lamond Murray. J.R. Reed, Wesley Pearson, Robert Robert Tractor Trailer, and Clarence Weatherspoon. Those are just like some of the names in that roster. Let's look at how that Cavs season ended, though. Yeah, uh, Matt also the follow to this was the Cavs team won 15 of their first 22 and then won 15 of their last 60. So not good. Yeah. No, it's not good. Um, what was their net rating? Because Cavs I don't know. I didn't Cavs know this far. I don't know. I know. I'm gonna get gonna get you. A- I'm just teasing, but they have, this is also oh this is when they this is when they drafted Jamal Crawford and traded him for uh, Chris Mim. Oh Correct. God, nope. that's not a good um, trade. Evans, but this Cavs Heat rematch, the Cavs obviously again went into Miami, won that one in there for the first time in a long time. What to you are you looking for in in kind of round two of this? Uh, just kind of seeing if the Cavs, again, can carry this momentum that they've had for the majority of the Bulls game, all in the Minnesota game, and the first half against Sacramento, where like they've been playing hard. And again, this Heat team is pretty b- bad right now without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Like, they're, they're not not bad necessarily because they're well-coached. Like, they have an a, impressive accumulation of talent individually, but like they're not good, obviously, if they're two best players. And Kyle Lowry just kind of being cheeks for them is surprising to say the least but um the Cavs can't play down to an opponent like this they kind of have to keep riding this wave and this momentum that they've been carrying with them I'm interested to see how they defend Isaac Okoro who is somebody I want to talk about a little bit offensively too I wonder if they're going to put Dwayne Dedman on him or they're going to respect the fact that Okoro has been hot offensively maybe like slow him down and kind of not let him be a threat as well like that's an interesting aspect too I, I am interested to see how Spolster defends this Cavs team because obviously Garland, Mobley, and Allen are the three best players on this team, no matter who is and isn't healthy. And you just kind of figure out from there, like what's going to go on. And maybe Larry Markin is a bit of an X factor too because he had a stinker against Sacramento, but he was pretty good. Had arguably like his best game as a Cavalier against Minnesota the night before that. So we'll just see how it goes. Maybe this is a bit of a rubber match for the Cavs. Hopefully they just can carry this momentum and. Yeah, I, I, I think you look at the... I would like to see how they come out energy-wise after the end of the Kings game because 
like that was some of the most like the end of that Kings game was some of the most uninspiring basketball we've seen them play and it like took Ricky Rubio like making threes in a way that he normally shouldn't be like in a position to have to do in like those those kind of pull up threes it's not really what he does and doesn't he it's not the bump you get from him right so like it was just this thing it's like I don't know how we kind of mm-hmm. got to the end of this year like they kind of collapsed in that way but like that's going to be a hard way to, to win that kind of game against just a team that is better. The Cavs are four and a half point favorites in this game, um, according to Bet Online. So, like that that is they're they're another they're in another situation here where uh, they're actually favorites again. I believe it's the third game in a row that they've been favorites, which I'm sure is the first time that has happened all year. Because um, they were one point favorites on the road against Minnesota, like six and a half point favorites against the Kings, and then they're favorites against Miami. So like. Things are kind of going well for them right now in inching win. I, but I do just want to see how they respond after kind of yeah. like the pressure. Like this is like a good little tease for like us talking more about the section trade stuff. Like you could see how you could like watch the end of the Kings game when the Kings were like full court pressing the Cavs and made it really hard on Darius to get to, to, to have to create everything on his own and to even Darius just getting the ball off and inbounds fast. Like Davion Mitchell um, was just like up at his grill and they. David Mitchell's good. Um, I was all—he's one of those dudes that like I saw at summer league and yes at summer league, but I saw him like just eat up James Book Knight or Boo Knight and just like ate him up in summer league, and I was like, yeah, this dude's defense like is is pretty great. He's, he's yeah. he seems pretty real. Yeah, here. but like he you watch like, this like and like the, the pressure deal. was so on the Cavs that it was like you could see how you could talk them yourself into being like, oh, we need someone else on this roster to, like ball handle and, and help us like relieve pressure. Like even if it's not like your lead guy and Darius and Ruby are still going to be like your main kind of ball handlers on this team, you could totally see a world where you look at that and say like it like not panic and make a panic trade over that because that's not what would happen, but. Like you just analyze the roster in that kind of context and look at it and say, okay, we I, we need another guy that can p- put the ball in his hand and, and create and dribble and like be comfortable in those yeah. situations because like Okoro had the best weekend he's had all year. That's not what he does. Um, Mobley isn't there in terms of doing that at, 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 in those situations yet. Spanish national team Ricky. No, like I mean, like the two threes he hit late in this game that were key were like shots that he has not been hitting since that Knicks game. Like he has come down to earth as a shot maker, but he's still doing other stuff. But you could see where it's like you could poke your ears up and be um, intrigued. Let's say, all right, Evan, let's go into one more break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the section, the latest in section. We'll talk about Jared Allen as a USA Team USA player. But first, gotta tell everyone about our friends at Built. Bar. Bill Bar, as you know, is the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. They have so many amazing flavors. They have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. They have a ton of other ones as well. Bill Bars are going to give you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle those holiday shoppers. Or if you're just, you know, need a little protein after a hard workout, this is the kind of the snack that you can go to and help keep you going. Throw it in your jacket or your purse, your coat. You never know when you're going to need it. And look, if you need a stocking stuffer, get a mixed box, spread them out amongst your friends and family, and, and let them stock up on, on the sweet, sweet gift of, of protein and gains. And if you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a little holiday secret from our friends at Bilt Bar. Take your Bilt Bar and dip it into a cup of hot cocoa. Let it melt a little bit and give your beverage a little bit of that Bilt Bar flavor and a little bit of that melty Bilt Bar to go with it for you. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15. Also, got to tell you about our friends at BetOnline, the official betting partner 
of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the best place for you to go get the where you can get all the props, odds, and lines. And there's more than ever before as the football season continues, the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football to the NHL to boxing to UFC, like if you bet on UFC with BetOnline over the weekend, Juliana Pena was the third biggest underdog to ever win a UFC title fight. Could have cashed in on that if you were to place down your bet at BetOnline. They have favored Vegas casino games. And so you shouldn't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and that's BetOnline where the game starts. Use that promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. Okay, Evan, last, our last little segment here. Do you, do you want to do Jared Allen first, or mm-hmm. do you want to do Sexton first? Well, the Sexton thing is a lot to unpack, and the Jared Allen thing kind of feels like a short footnote. So let's leave this small one and leave with okay, the big so one for the Okay, so I would so just say International Tower City, International Thin Towers, International uh, f- uh, Fro... I don't know if I like Thin Towers. Well, you know, John, yeah, friend of the program, so. Jonathan Sharks, uh, is putting it out there, and I'm... I'm I'm I Charks is good, so shouts to Charks. Check out uh, him and uh, for also from the okay. program, Kyle Mann. Yeah. They have they launched they relaunched uh, the new Jay version Kyle of their Han. prospect show and development show on the Ringer. Go check that out. But yeah, it's very good. Those guys are great. That so and uh, Nerder. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't listen to that and uh, Nerder with Dave DeFore. Even though he shouted that Justin and Carter, those are my two. Fi- that's that's also my favorite pod. <sighs> I. No, Dave. Carter. Car- Pick the wrong Car- Carter. Just because they had him Justin. on, that's yeah. all. Anyway. <clears throat> well, so speaking of, let's check. Let's yeah, check, check up on the great. Here, so Jared Allen to me. We, oh, just, oh no, uh, the Winnipeg bombers are losing What are they going to do? Anyway, the, the Jared Allen. If you're going to peg him in as a future national team guy, that to me makes sense because like he's going to just be a dude who runs the floor, plays hard, dunks, and like anchors your defense and like that is a need if you're building out like mm-hmm. just sort of a guy that's willing to play a role like he can just do what he does in the nba in some shape or form and do it at the international level his great his game translates yeah. really well to FIFA ball especially with like the block rules and some of the other things i i hope maybe team usa being dominant the nba players makes the nba realize again like hey maybe we should adopt the fibas mm-hmm. take foul rule that'd be pretty neat wouldn't it that, that that's going to be my crusade for a while but yeah not surprised at all. Joe Varden rep- reported that Jared Allen is a likely favorite to be on the Team USA roster. He was kind of linked to them last year during the Olympics, and um, so is Darius. And I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, when the time comes for the Olympics in golly, who, where are they at in twenty twenty? Ah, that's a very good question. Um. It's not Los Angeles yet. Oh, it's Paris. So when they're in Paris in 2024, Paris, my 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 people's land. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mobley's on the roster either. Like that'd be pretty neat to see three Cavs on there. But they're just so good. And also, a lot can change between now and the next three years. Some of them could not be Cavaliers. Yeah, I'm, all I'm saying so is, uh, we'll if It'll I'm already fun. available for the Evan Mobley, when helps wins a gold medal. Uh, in his hometown in 2028 feature story they they ask him they ask him evan how did you how did how how did you perform the game winning block well 
I got lower than the guy. I held my hand up and I jumped and I blocked the shot. A king. A king. Um, actually, I really want Mirren Fader's king. Evan Mobley like story of that because like she's from like that would just be much better than me running it if we're being honest. She, Mirren's great. Anyway, really Colin cool. Sexton. So Joe Varden reported uh, that the Pacers have interest in Colin Sexton um, as Karis LeVert trade to get discussed. Didn't exactly say, obviously said like nothing is imminent, nothing is like bound to happen, nothing, it's not just sort of like. He said most of his headline that he did yes. the story. Itself. Basically the Pacers like could theoretically be interested in Colin Sexton. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, no. It doesn't mean much. I think a lot of teams will probably be interested in Colin. I think I talked about this in Write Down Euclid a little while back. Like there are going to be teams who are interested in Colin. I think he's going to be a big factor for the Cavs in terms of how much money is he looking for in free agency next offseason? Because he will be a restricted free agent, but he's coming off knee surgery. Meniscal tears are tricky because he is that player who relies a lot on his athleticism. I think you can be optimistic that he'll recover well, but you also need to see what he looks like because meniscal tears can be tricky in general. So you see what you're working with there. But um, other than that, uh, like the Cavs could trade if they want, but I think the Cavs don't really need to be in a rush either. Let's say like Karis LeVert like really wants to come to Cleveland. I think you could find a way to make it happen and it doesn't have to involve Colin Sexton. Like I think people saying like, oh, the Cavs should only trade Colin Sexton for a star caliber player are a little uh, thick in the skull, thick-minded. Um, they're not really unsure, sure what's really going on here, but I think the Cavs could certainly do a lot better if they were looking to trade Colin Sexton well, than Karis LeVert. I think the thing with LeVert is that like, I think if you're going to trade for him now, you know, I, I, I get being skeptical of it. I, I don't think I, get, I feel like strongly one way or the other about him as, as a trade option. Um, and notably, Columbus Columbus native Karis LeVert. Um, almost Ohio, Ohio Bobcat Karis LeVert. He, to get him this year, it has to basically be like love, and then you take like two Pacers back. Rubio, which isn't going to happen. Yeah. I don't think. Or Sexton and Osman is like a combo. Like, it kind of has to be one of those things if you're going to do it now. Now, you could do a three-team deal, shuffle some stuff around, and, and do that, right? Like, you, like, but like, if you're talking about those two teams trading directly, Sexton would kind of be the piece. Because I, I, one of the things that I'll be curious to see how the, as the Cavs go here is, like, I could see, like, there's, like, probably serious scenarios that they've run and that you could envision where they would, like, go all in with multiple picks and, like, go after, like, a big, big-name fish. I don't think LaVert is the kind of guy I would do that with. Like, right? The, the other thing that I think no. makes this really tricky and I think makes any possible thing with Sexton at this very moment tricky is if someone is trading for him, they have to, like, the medical, mm-hmm. there's the big medical part of it, which is just, like, a massive, a massive thing. Mm-hmm. It just is. Even if the Cavs tell them and they're being honest that, like, the medicals are good, blah, 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 like, their, their own doctor... The well, like the, the doctor of the other team is going to want to go look at them and then like do their own evaluation, right? Like that, like if you're going to consummate true. a trade like this, like that would have to happen. Secondly, like he's going into restricted free agency, so you either have to like risk like him going into a qualifying offer when you haven't hasn't played for your team at all this year because of an injury, and you have to basically, or you have to just basically commit up, the, start negotiating a contract extension right away without knowing how he fits into your team. That makes this just so tricky to me in terms of like any trade like this. Um, and I, I would be curious to, I would really like, I don't know. And I don't sense that it's like super high. I would love to know like what other, like the like t- teams, like what Levert teams might be. Like if there's another team, 
you know, like I like I don't because like if you look at like like the, it's it's easier to me to envision trades for like of the guys that they have that that are available on that team, specifically Sabonis, Turner, Levert. Right now, those three guys, and then Brogdon will be there in the summer. Mm-hmm. Turner's the cleanest fit because like he can come in be like yes. I know he said like you know he wants to like run more pick and roll and stuff but like that guy you can plug him in he's going to space and he's going to protect the rim and he's one of the few guys that can like credibly do those two things and if you can develop his other stuff or you can make him happier in a better situation there we go bing bong so bonus is like you got to like give him touches at the elbow you got to give him post ups like it's a, like the fit would be kind of a little bit different and Lavert is a guy we're gonna need to put the ball in his hands and you're gonna need to like figure out his role and you got to hope he can stay healthy, um and and that that that's a massive yep. if for him that's considering like one. he's had injury issues dating back to his time at Michigan so, like this is all just very tricky and it would just I would one and again like if you're gonna do a. a it's like the the, the way to, to th- for the Cavs to like figure out a way to do deal for the Ver would almost be you'd want to almost like keep Osman because like you would, then you could have like an actual like nine man yeah. wing rotation and then like your wing depth isn't totally sacrificed if Levert like has another injury or something like that right and like that's just where we're at with Jetty it's just very hard to do that and like it also again in terms of Sexton this just like depends so much on what these teams think think of what he is. Yeah, like the Pacers can like Colin Sexton all they want, but they can also just wait till this offseason to get a proper evaluation of where he's at medically as well because I understand why Varden I mean, reported this. It's, like, it's just interesting because yeah, like, it's the like Pacers fairly, really it's like talk. It's newsworthy. I mean, I think that the if there's a critique of what is there, it is that it kind of just presents like Sexton as a yeah. Levert trade as like the trade when like math, financially that just yeah, doesn't, like that imminent, doesn't work. No. That, that doesn't compute. No, you need... No, Mac Robinson and I have talked about this a lot. He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, Karis Levert makes a lot of sense on this Cavs team. He really does, but he just makes so much money that either you have to, like, sacrifice a lot, like Chris laid out, like, Love, Rubio, and another piece as well to really grease Indiana's wheels make it worth their time. And, like, is that necessarily worth it? And, like, yeah, let's say if you somehow keep Jetty Osmond and you somehow keep Isaac Okoro throughout this entire process and, like, your wing rotation at that point is... Lever, Okoro, Osmond, like, that's not bad at the end of the day. And, like, you you don't sacrifice Dylan Windler somehow as well, and, like, you keep him here, too. It's, like, it's 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 just tricky. Karis Lever just makes, like, like, he just makes too much money. Yeah. That's just the problem at the end of the day. Like, he just makes a little too much money for this to really make sense for the Cavs right now. Like, they could pull off maybe, like, a three-teamer or something. But yeah, like, and those, those things are, like, hard for us to, like, I think, it. develop in terms of figuring how realistic they are, like, how pragmatic it is for these teams. Like, and like, because like again, if you, I'm like looking at this right now, looking at the trade machine as we're talking here, even even Denzel Valentine can, you know, his his money can be traded um, in a couple of days. So can San Pangos, but to even like get to potential trade stuff. So like, so if you do, if you just did Sexton, Windler, and Dean Wade, like those three, right? Like three guys out for one guy for Kerry Silver yep. in Indiana. The Cavs are would have to cut another four point three million dollars off their books without taking in another dollar to do that. Now, you could, like, I, there's probably scenarios you could do where, like, you could have, they have this JaVale McGee trade exception. Like, you'd have to, like, be very creative in how you do some of these trades and sequencing them, but, like, you could maybe bring someone in at that and then, like, flip. Like, there's ways you could do stuff. It is just not, like, clear to me that these things are, like, very easy to do is the thing what I would say here. Yeah. And a lot of it's not like, and also for folks to kind of understand how NBA front offices operate a little bit, it's not like NBA 2K where like front offices are call, like, always calling each other up saying like, hey, 
we want this player, but we'll offer you X, Y, and Z to make it happen. And, like, you just bargain that way. You just casually have this conversation. I think the idea of news going public has really pressed things more on the Pacers to make moves sooner instead of later. But, like, I'm not saying that Kobe Altman's calling out the Indiana right now saying, like, hey, for Karis Levert, will you take these three players? They're like, hey, we'd be interested in acquiring Karis. We'd like to maybe, like, work out a trade or something like that. And you, like, go back and forth for, like, weeks on end to figure this out. Like, the Cavs, like, could be work, have been working on a Karis Levert trade this, like, entire season. And maybe it comes to fruition, or maybe it doesn't. Yes. And that's just how it is at the end of the day. Okay, so, Evan, we're going to wrap up here. I have a bit. I told you when we started recording, we're going to bit. Now, uh-huh. friend of the program, my buddy Ben Colvin, said something to me um Sunday Saturday evening when we were watching Cavs Kings that um has really stuck with me okay two kings watching the Cavs two kings the watching kings. the Kings gotcha. the Cavs um he said to me and I'm paraphrasing that he just said this out of the blue I don't know what brought this to his brain okay Irsan Eliasova looks like Sir CC and I have this is a bona benefit of going on YouTube that's why so there's Arizona. Look at the chin. Look at the chin. Like, why okay? are they? And then here's Sir Cece. They have the same chin. Okay. No, Sir Cece okay, has a clear chin. Okay, but kind of the same chin. chin. Okay. I, I guess I see it. Or something. Like so it was a name I haven't heard in a while. So yeah, you were just like, why are these two um, things in in our assets chamber on on restream as we're recording? Yeah, that's that's the thing that was really tripping me up. Is like, why are they here? And then, because I'm like, I know like why the jerseys yeah. are there. Because we talked about like the Conrad Burry like mock up and stuff. But like, folks, if you're watching at home, like here's Urson, here's Sir Cece. I think they look alike. I mean, if we flip back and forth fast enough, you can see it like or something. It's but the wide I, chin I don't. for me, man. I mean, like, it's I guess the I deal. Kind there's of a divot, it, but, but like. You can see yeah, it in the that's what nose, I'm saying. The, too. More, the longer I looked at nose it, the more too. it made sense to me, you know? It's starting to make sense to me, too. And I've been, I've been Urson-pilled, as, as I, people as might I would say. say yeah. So. so, yeah, uh, let us know. Let them know, as, as as they might say, if you, too, think Urson, Eliasova, and Sir Cece look like. Look, if you're listening on audio right now, you don't even know you don't even know what we saw. So go subscribe on YouTube and tap in and, and listen to, to us on, on YouTube. For these visual hijinks. Pretty much. Like, yeah, if you're also you're watching us on video, be sure to subscribe to us. As always, I'm Evan Damerell. He's Chris Banning. I'll be there for Cavs Heat tomorrow. Big, I'm Cat, being a big Chris wife guy, not. so. How dare he live in domestic bliss. But until next time, guys, and, uh, see you then. Go if you Cavs. need a good second listen, check out Lockdown Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q. And uh, third listen, Lockdown Browns, Jeff Floyd, breaking down Cavs, Ravens. We'll be back tomorrow, Evan, talking about Cavs heat. So stay tuned. Subscribe. <laughs>